1: Hey everyone, this is Dave Caban. You're listening to the RoboViz highlight reel brought to you by Draft. On the highlight reel, we feature the top articles on rotoviz.com and get an extended insight into the writer's process and findings. For those of you who don't know, RotoViz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. Today we'll be discussing tricky starts and I'm excited to be joined by Brett Squires who will be writing this weekly article on RotoViz. Welcome to the show, Brett. How's it going? good how are you Dave I'm doing I'm doing good uh and as we recently discovered which I feel like we should share with everybody Brett and I we have determined are both from the same hometown which is we think pretty crazy we're from Bedford New Hampshire which I don't know would you consider it a small town maybe medium size for New Hampshire standards
2: I mean I don't I guess I'd consider it small only has I actually haven't looked at the population quite a while but I thought it was in like the Ten to fifteen thousand range. Oh, no, I
1: thought it was. I thought it was a little more than that. I thought it was like. It
2: probably is. The last time I looked was like eight years ago, so that's incredibly inaccurate.
1: Yeah, that is. But anyways, we were actually, we we were very blown away by the fact that uh, there's two people writing for Rotoviz that are both from uh, Bedford, New Hampshire. So if there's anybody out there listening that happens to be from Bedford or anywhere around there, shoot me an email or send me a message on twitter cuz i i just think that that would be even more curious and actually we also determined that the house that i am currently recording this in is from is like a minute and a half from the house that brett grew up in
2: it just doesn't it's one of those things that just doesn't make sense so well uh it's it's crazy it's no no words can describe <laughs> the weird coincidence that this that this whole episode is
1: yes so i was saying to brett i'm hoping that one day when i'm at the grocery store or something i will see a Rotoviz hoodie or pullover or something because I've been waiting to see that and I actually think it's a possibility now. Uh, but more importantly, we're here to talk about Brett's article. Uh, for those of you listening, that may have been a waste of about two and a half minutes of your life that you won't get back. But, um, if you do check out Brett's article, I think that uh, you'll enjoy it each week. So why don't you quickly, uh, you know, give us an overview of what the article is all about?
2: So essentially, every single week I go through. Um, multiple sites that rank players and go through forums through RotoViz or um, just through other various fantasy sites. And I take either the most talked about players that people are putting Um, head-to-head. I always look through PPR. So it's usually going to be like, for example, it'd be like, who do I start this week? I'm loaded, but I don't know who to play. Do I play Larry Fitzgerald or Sterling Shepard? That type of thing. So I'll do one running back matchup, one receiver, and one tight end matchup every single week. And I usually analyze uh, the matchups, recent performance, the injuries on the other side, if it has any impacts, uh, things like that. And uh, I usually come out with an answer to who I personally would start. And then the week at later, I reflect on the answers, say who got more points, and then just do a quick sentence or two um, where I went wrong. And if I still see why I picked the way that I went and the reasons why and whatnot.
1: Yeah. And you know, the season is definitely drawing to a close, but, uh, those decisions are going to be coming more and more important each week. So if you've yet to do so, make sure that you head to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast, and you can get 30% off, uh, your subscription to all of our NFL content, uh, which, you know, we have all of those awesome apps and all of those awesome articles to help you make your push through the playoffs. So you gave us a little bit of, a, of an overview there, and obviously this article is applicable for season-long leagues, but uh, I know that you're a big DFS player, so do you also think that uh, this has a DFS slant to it?
2: Yeah, originally when I first uh, came up with the concept, which obviously isn't too, too out there, it's pretty... <laughs> Pretty on point with what most sites are uh, doing, but um, I had a few people reach out to me on Twitter and through other forms of social media, just letting me know that they've been using them for um, DFS selections, which obviously wasn't my intent. But um, without prices included, it's not um, the most, I wouldn't say it's the most useful article. We have some great articles written on Rotoviz, specifically tailored for DFS. But if you're really stuck between two guys, and most of them should be in the same price range, within at least a thousand, for the most part, so uh, I guess you could use it for that. Since I am um, deep diving into matchups and other things that pertain to DFS, so um, it's not it wouldn't be my first source of news, but if you're really stuck on two guys, I think popping over to my article and and, seeing seeing if either of the guys are mentioned would help a lot.
1: Definitely, and it also might clue you into taking a, a look or considering a player um for your lineup that you hadn't thought about before so obviously you've looked through a lot of players at this at this point in the season as uh we're heading into week 11 what uh, have been some of the most surprising things that you've found since doing these articles
2: um so one thing that i noticed is the uh people are sticking to this like there's a difference between this like in my mind i have the studs and then i have the tier tier below so it's like not the antonio browns and the um, AJ Greens and whatnot, it's like a tier below so it's like you you invest high drafts capital into a guy like, I don't know Mari Cooper, let's just say, who aside from his 44 point outbreak has basically been almost unplayable and, well, recently he's been getting more targets but I'm talking about just through the first few weeks of the season Yeah. Um. so I'd pin him against guys like um. I don't know, we'll just do like now a good example would be like Juju Smith-Schuster who's just a free agent commodity and now he's actually like playing like a wide receiver too, but obviously you got to temper expectations a little bit. Um, I like pinning guys that um, most people would play no matter what, but I analyzed the matchup between a lower-end player compared to usually a higher-end player. and the lower-end player, typically, from my articles, I've been doing um, a lot better for the most part, aside from, I'll have to say, CJ Anderson dropping 32 on the Cowboys was by far the most surprising thing and it just made me want to smash my head against the wall.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> CJ hasn't done too much since. Uh, yeah, there's definitely been definitely been a decline from there. Uh, and that makes me think of one thing that I've talked about before, not on this podcast, but on others, about uh, sunk costs. And that's just avoiding this idea that if you spent money on something or if you spent draft capital on it, that you can regain it by eventually getting uh, some type of benefit from it back. Uh, but no, like once you spent those dollars, if you spent that draft pick, You have laid it out there and you're not going to recover it no matter what you do. So you're better off trying to maximize the benefit that you can get uh, from that spot on your roster each week, be it a player that you drafted or somebody that you go out and get on the waiver wire. And of course, uh, at this point, I'm sure a lot of you are pretty nauseated by how some of your teams and some of your players have done. But the good news is you can still get in on the action on draft. Uh, if you're not into budgeting, you just like to find those guys that you like week to week. Uh, it's a really cool app for that. And Brett, you're a big DFS guy. As I said before, you've used the Draft app, right? You've enjoyed it so far, I know.
2: Yeah, it's one of my favorite DFS sites. Uh, probably is my favorite now, actually, um, thinking back on it. Uh, the low stress is probably the best part about it because DraftKings, are just sitting there with the salaries, and there's so many different options sitting in front of you, and you have so much time to think about it, which obviously can be a good thing if you have a ton of time to research, but I know most people who don't use DFS as a full-time job don't have all the time in the world, so draft, you hop on there, you have a like 30-second timer to select your player, and it's you can do 10 drafts in a minute rather than stare at one lineup for a half hour and just... just <laughs> just, you know, be very upset about it because you know, you're going to mess up somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're not beating yourself up or like going through the process each week. And I think the actual drafting is just fun. So for me, I've enjoyed that because I just haven't had the time to dig through all of those salaries this year. And, um, you know, as we've said before, you can search for uh draft in your app store, or you can go to playdraft.com and, uh, you can still get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit using our promo code RV radio. So make sure that you search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com and play free with promo code RV radio.
3: Hey sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie.
1: Decisions are starting to become very important. We have owners either trying to secure their spot uh, with a good seed in the playoffs or make sure that they get into the playoffs. Uh, and this is when we really start agonizing about these start slash sit decisions. What's a piece of advice that you would have uh, for listeners out there that you don't think uh, commonly get get addressed?
2: Um, I think one thing that is more important now than ever is like it's obviously important all year. But now that we've we have a large sample size for the season, I think matchups are becoming the most crucial thing because obviously the draft capital, what you have spent, like the sunk cost you were talking about, yep. that you're pretty much for the most part most people are over that now. You're seeing guys that were um, drafted pretty high getting dropped, and uh, people are finally getting over that. So now is the time where obviously workload too. So like Tevin Coleman's a great example where the matchup's not the greatest against Seattle this week. But you know he's going to get 20, 25 touches uh, on Monday night. So it's things like that where you just have to weigh if they're going to get five targets. Like like I uh, we talked about before, Tyree Kill, someone yeah. who doesn't get the most work. But um, if his matchup's solid, you pretty much have to play him. And because of his big playability, um, that's another thing you have to consider. Um, also, I wouldn't be. I don't think uh, fantasy players should be just staring at the game log either. Um, it's very easy to do that, and that's like one of the main things in DraftKings and put Draft and all those other DFS sites that people fall victim to, which is the recency bias. And if a player struggled the last two weeks, um, just keep just look at the matchup, look at the workload he's getting. All it takes is a it could be a 80 yard bomb, and it gets he gets dragged down, and it's a pass interference. And if you're just a stat watcher, you'll never you'll never see that. So you just gotta focus on the matchups and efficiency and volume and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, that brings two things to mind for me. The first of which is I really think that we need to start including points or some type of incentive, maybe even a half a point for uh, defensive pass interference that is drawn by a wide receiver, Uh, especially, you know, with all of these rule changes that they've made lately, we're just seeing a lot of plays that I want points for on my team that I don't get because the receiver is just getting blatantly uh, interfered with down the field. So I would like to see that change. But more importantly, back to uh, one of the things that you said, I do think we focus a lot on talking about volume and how important it is. And I think if you're looking, you know, in the preseason, obviously volume is huge. It's one of the best things that you can use to try to determine a player's outcome. But in this season, you know, not all volume is built the same. This is something that you and I talked about before, which is, you know, there are a few players that actually do have, uh, you know, year over year and week to week efficiency that is very strong. Not all players do, but some do. And for those type of players, they might only need 75%, 65% of the touches that another player would need. So, you know, volume is not always the same across players. Um, So, you know, having said that, when you're looking at things like this, you're doing a whole lot of research and uh, you know, there's targets that you can go into and air yards and all of these things, um, opportunity shares. Do you have any positions that you enjoy researching more than others?
2: Um, yeah, so I like them all. Obviously it's why I picked three and I, I pick one, one, uh, pair for each position, but I have to say running backs are my favorite because, um, like I said earlier, I focus on, um, point perception scoring and people just seem to devalue, uh, past catching backs. And I'm not talking about obviously the experts. If you, if you follow any, one of his experts in particular, everyone's a fan of the, the past catching backs. And we all love the Jarek McKinnon, Danny Woodhead type of players. Um, so I just love pinning those guys up against like my most, one of my more recent ones was Damien Williams on Miami. When the week after Jai was shipped out against Alex Collins and Alex Collins was coming off his monster 130 odd yard game, uh, against Miami, and of course, one, I was attacking recency buys, because everyone's going to be, oh, Alex Collins is the next best running back, and um, all that baloney that comes with a big game, Um, so Damian Williams ended up doing significantly better, obviously, Uh, the touchdown helped, but either way, the point is, I'd rather have a running back who's going to get six, seven, eight catches, potentially, Compared to a running back who doesn't catch anything at all, like Mike Gillisley. obviously he's off the map now, but in the beginning of the season, uh, he's, I'm pretty sure he had zero targets through like seven or eight games, which is just ludicrous. And he was still being played over pass-catching backs, so I, that's that's my reasoning for loving the running back position.
1: Yeah, that makes sense, and um, especially with the pass-catching backs, I think they can make a uh, start decision... Start or sit decision a little bit easier if you're choosing between a pass catching back or a guy that, uh, you know, doesn't really have that element to his game because it does help to build in a little bit of a floor for him each week. Are there any other things you might look at as a tiebreaker when you're trying to pick between these really similar options?
2: Um, for which which position in particular?
1: I guess I guess maybe any of them. You know, that's kind of one of the things I look at for running back, but wide receiver it might be tougher. Do you have any tips uh, for everybody out there?
2: Uh, I think is um, any road of his fan knows Josh Hermans Meyers air yards are extremely helpful, and it's always my go to if I'm stuck in a tiebreaker where the matchups are pretty much similar and the players are both effective and all that good stuff. I usually head to the air yards over the last few weeks to see how they've been doing, and that that usually helps quite a bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, are there any other Rotoviz tools that you're checking out uh, when you're doing your research?
2: Yep, the game splits app is probably my favorite. Even before I was writing for Rotoviz a few years back when I was just entering the fantasy game as a little baby. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was always using the game splits app because it's extremely helpful when you're... Because you, there's some players where it's like, okay, so... Like let's just I, I don't know there's splits off the top of my head, so it could be close or far off, whatever it is. If Adam Thielen's out, Stephon Diggs, how does he do? So some people just assume that just because the starting receiver's out, that the um, wide receiver two is just going to get thrust into this larger role. But the game splits app often tells you whether that's false or if it's true, and it's good that you can just plug them in and find out in a matter of seconds.
1: Yeah, I think that is one of my favorite things to go in and look at because like you said, you know, it's easy to have an opinion uh, one way or the other that is kind of based on your intuition, but your intuition isn't always right. And, you know, sometimes you can have a limited sample that you can work with, but it can kind of help you say, all right, like, you know, maybe I have this idea and that doesn't seem to be reflected in what is actually going on. So that's definitely a uh, cool tool to uh, check out. And um I'm not sure. Did you mention before how you're generating um, these these guys that you're choosing between each week?
2: Yeah, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier. It's just I usually go through. So I'll give a little shout. out Pro Football Focus. I usually go through their their yeah. rankings um, and a couple other websites as well. And if they're like, let's just say for this week, I have their rankings pulled up right now. So like an example would be. So right now they have um, Devonte Parker ranked 22. So maybe. And that's with like all their experts, which I respect them all, and so I like to yeah. I like to just pin myself against them, see how I do. So I'd take him, maybe he's ranked twenty-two, maybe against a guy like uh, Amari Cooper or Crabtree, who's C- Cooper's thirteen, Crabtree's nine, so something like that. And uh, I, I usually just check other websites as well, and there's usually one one or two common guys that keep popping up since either like the matchups bad or they have bad ro- home road splits, whatever it is. And then that's how I usually decide.
1: Yeah. And then I, I imagine too, uh, you know, if anybody wants to kind of give you some ideas too, they could definitely do so on the forums. Um, have you had any, you know, real tough ones uh, that you've, that you've identified, you know, coming up for this week yet, or have you not had a chance to get into your research yet?
2: Um, I haven't looked um, too in depth so far, but I am planning on using, Devontae Parker in some way, so that that's a little sneak peek. But uh, in terms of the second player, I honestly haven't haven't really looked yet. But it probably it might honestly be a Cooper Crabtree type guy um, yeah. in that in that range. Not to give anything else away.
1: Well, I know the GLSPs are. A- I, if I remember correctly, and I should know this because I was looking at this not more than a couple of hours ago, I believe that they like Devontae Parker. Uh, so I think, you know, he could be an interesting candidate uh, to find his way into your article this week. Uh, so I guess before we let you out of here, just one kind of one more question for you would be, do you have any, like, final little nuggets of advice? Or do you think that sometimes when we're making those those start decisions each week that we can overthink it and kind of just, like, overanalyze it too much and make too big of a deal and we start flip-flopping back and forth on players and just making bad decisions because we're kind of going less with our brains and more with our gut
2: yeah obviously sometimes the uh one of the worst things and this is um very relevant in dfs you pick a guy um and he gets you like four and then the next week even if he has a decent matchup uh fantasy players just tend to find any excuse they can to sit him, so, especially with studs. So if you have a guy like, like A.J. Green, we'll just use him as an example, and he's coming off a, a poor week like against uh, Jacksonville when he started throwing those punches at Jalen Ramsey, and then he has a pretty solid matchup the next week um, against Tennessee. And some people just, uh, from where I was looking, were just like, oh, but should I play? And it's a guy who's way down there, not even close to the caliber of A.J. Green because he has a slightly better matchup. Last two games on the game log look a little bit better, and um, at the end of the day, you know A.G. Green's upside, and there's no reason to just toss in a a guy who's sitting at the end of your bench who has a slightly better matchup just because of the the game log. And um, also, that's another thing: if you check the game log, don't just look at the fantasy points. Make sure you check the uh, who they play like the previous weeks. Check who's uh, covering them because if they're going against a shutdown corner. It's not really fair to just be like, oh, this guy's trash. He's he's washed up in all these terrible uh,
1: comments. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, what I always try to remind myself to in situations like that is A.J. Green has been A.J. Green for years now. You know, the team has played a largely similar schedule. We've seen him do just fine when playing, you know, really good defenses before. So I definitely think that that is a solid tip and something people should keep in mind. Uh, so... Brett do you have any other uh projects that you're planning on working on articles that you want to research uh, you know maybe not in for the rest of the season now but kind of as we move into next year
2: yeah so for this this year um uh, like you were saying I don't think I'm gonna have anything else for the rest of the season I might have like a a little fantasy playoffs article because I know I have plenty of uh, money leagues that I'm trying to manage right now and I'm gonna have a decent portion of them in the playoffs, So it's going to be a lot of tough decisions coming in. So I might have, I have a little fantasy playoff special do something a little bit different. Um, other than that, uh, that's pretty much it for the season. And then, um, in terms of the summer, I was going to release a tight end article last, like the last summer we just finished, but, uh, never got to that one. So I'm going to use, just keep researching, gather some more data and, um, look to finish it sometime in july uh early august right in time for draft season what's the goal
1: sounds good well hey um thanks again for coming on um and i hope that everybody out there goes and checks out uh brett's article so brett thanks for coming on man
2: yeah no problem don't forget play play some drafts you can always hit me up on twitter and can do a little head to head if you want
1: yes so as you can probably tell brett uh is all about the fantasy like our writers are so definitely take him up on that and that's going to do it for today's edition of the rotoviz highlight reel brought to you by draft i'm dave caben find me on twitter at dave caben ff my guest was rotoviz.com writer brett squires at brett squires dfs thanks for tuning in Thank you for listening to the Roboviz Highlight Reel. You can find us along with the rest of the shows under Roboviz Radio in our individual feed. Search Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Please rate and review. Contact us via email, at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Roboviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Roboviz at a 30% discount, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
0: E-cigs don't burn tobacco leaves, and they come in lots of flavors. That's what tobacco companies tell you. Here are three things tobacco companies don't say. One, many teens don't know their flavored e-cigs have nicotine. Two, nicotine is a poison that can rewire the teen brain. Three, 80% of kids who tried vaping did it because of the flavors. So even when it tastes like candy, nicotine is brain poison. Go to flavorshookkids.org for more.